0: Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on 23rd of September 2018. That recent hurricane which hit the US also had a kind of side effect to Canada as well, or some parts of Canada like Ontario, and a couple of days ago it was pouring rain like you wouldn't believe, really lashing down, and the following day, which was... On Friday, I went into town in a pretty well gale force wind. It was astonishing. Trees were getting thrown down, and the vehicle was rocking side to side when you parked it. It was quite, quite an amazing experience. But that's what happens, of course, with the side effects say, of, of hurricanes. It's a, a hurricane covers a huge area when you see the massive whirlwind around them. And today, we do live in such a, a system where those who are even experimenting with supposed geoengineering and chemtrailing, etc., admits they're tampering with all this kind of thing, even pouring more and more chemicals into the the, the big, big cyclones that they create to see what happens. I think they pretty well know what would happen if it works. And it's the same with all other parts of geoengineering today. It's astonishing to even try and find out what, what's real and what isn't, isn't it? We are in such a... Uh, almost a virtual reality that the kind of virtual reality they kept talking about many years ago, how they could bring the whole world into it and knock down all normality, especially normality to do with your own logic. Because if you can't trust your logic and your own sensory perception, then what can you trust? Then you're told, well here's what you trust and give you a whole new bunch of ideas you're supposed to just believe in because the scientists at the top tell you so. Quite amazing, really, when you think about it But I've had quite a time of it As I say, I think three trees around the house Went down, or parts of them did And that's where I got back I noticed it the following day Because I, was, I got back almost, it was dark And then Of course I had problems with my vehicle This whole, <laughs> this, this this is a, The greatest thing they ever designed was this particular Type of vehicle, because At least twice a year, something major goes wrong with it And now it's the muffler Not the muffler But the muffler system Again Even though I replaced it all Three years ago Something else has gone Maybe a donut or something They call it donut seals Who knows I haven't got a chance To check it out yet But Is this one thing after another Really isn't it I was thinking too Of an old old movie That I'd rewatched recently a Very old one And it's With Charlton Heston Where he's a, a Kind of plantation owner And Argentina or it could be Argentina or Brazil actually hard to tell and he's built his beautiful palatial living quarters etc and he orders a wife in basically those days you could actually bring them in and pay them and, and the whole bits and then marry them That's, that was an old old technique too if you were stuck in the wilderness somewhere even in, in the US in the 1800s that was what wasn't that infrequent in fact but anyway, in the movie, he, he he talks about how everything rots in in a high humidity, with kind of jungle type heat and humidity. But we really have that in different parts of the, of, the, of northern America as well. I was thinking about that as I took up the the, the trees that had fallen over and the rot that was in them, and I think is it any coincidence that the big lobbies that create the training for, for designing and building with the materials of wooden houses is it any coincidence that this is what they've pushed so much here because really it's such a massive business is constantly repairing homes and except Canada for instance the wooden home, homes because yeah you get ants in them you get all kinds of things coming in you get rot anyway and uh, they're constantly repairing things of course it wouldn't happen if they're made of bricks so i've often wondered about that but they'll always tell you what well, that's the reason why they're built of wood because it's so plentiful but by the same token yeah i could see it being done in the 1700s and 1800s but uh, once you get into the the 20th century uh, they didn't really have to do that anymore they could easily have just uh, used stone or made bricks and Made more permanent dwellings But I gave talks in it years ago That they didn't really want Certain areas to be permanent Is it really that coincidental That they threw up houses very quickly Wherever they could get mines on the go And things like that And really exploit the minerals And resources and so on Is it any coincidence that They threw overhead wires all over the place Rather than bury them As they would do in a city And things like that and then you realize, no, it's not coincidence, they, things weren't meant to last forever. In the 20th century, the big, big mining companies already knew pretty well how long a particular, any particular mine would last. So all the houses that would build up around it as they brought in miners wouldn't have to be that permanent anyway. It kind of ties in with the whole idea of the the visionary future uh, Where they don't want folk on the the countryside anymore Under agenda 21 for the whole 21st century As they implement it in in stages And it all ties in together naturally Because in fact, I said it even before It became so popular to talk about agenda 21 That they would start to say everything was unsustainable Like keeping electricity supplied to your area that'd be unsustainable, or even transporting gasoline to, to any nearby garages or pump stations would be unsustainable and not worth it, sort of thing. And you're seeing that already happening. When they bypassed a lot of towns, on, which used to be on major highways, the old roads were major highways, and Ontario, for instance, is an example, and they followed exactly what they said to do from conference where they printed up their findings, the United Nations, that they would have super cities and they would literally bypass little towns and so on that that, that really made their living a lot of them off the tourist industry. They'd bypass them, therefore cutting them off from their their livelihood. And they would close down roads eventually. And that's exactly what they do. I've had it happen near me where they, they literally create a new highway. That 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 where I lived on or next to me was was the old highway, small road, or narrow road, and then they closed off the the road, the old road, which goes through the main part of this little one one track town, basically, one street town. They closed the bottom of it off so that you couldn't use that anymore once you get past the end of the town there. All thought out in advance, really, isn't it? And uh, you have no idea that the, the, the. forward thinking, they call it forward thinking of the planners and how it all ties in perfectly with global agendas. It really does. And eventually, of course, they'll say, well, it's unsustainable, so you can't really live in the country. We're not putting you off. It does make it impossible for you to stay. That's how they do things. And that—that that is happening, actually, as they go on their... They've already trained their their armies... Of sustainability, children basically very sustainable. Everything has to be sustainable, and they'll parrot these things like any radicalized, indoctrinated young group in history, like the Young Communist League, or the Young, the young Socialist or Nazis League. Same kind of thing, Hitler Youth type of thing. They'll prattle off, just as the if you look up the the old propaganda films they made about. Mao Zedong's China, for instance, and then you'll see them all quoting out of Mao Zedong's little red book, they called it, and you see them all waving their book like it's a Bible, and it was, to them, it was made to be a Bible, and they could quote that off their on with this, well, when they grew up, they were, they were, you couldn't, you couldn't argue with them, and it's the same with any radicalized young group, it's an old technique, grab the children, And you can make them believe anything with the proper scientific techniques. I've said it so many times in my talks, from even over 20 years ago, in fact, and it's all been proven true, not because you're prophesying something, it's because you've read their stuff and you've studied their stuff, and and you're lucky enough maybe to retain it. I guess that's part of it too. And to be interested, and a lot of folk aren't interested, because they are contented. Uh, They don't even realize that that they're contented because they were designed to be contented, at least the system they're now in. And I'm not kidding you by those, as I've said before, who lived from even late 1800s. I mean, Bertrand Russell lived into a good part of the 20th century and took parts in planning the cultural changes for world government from the 1800s onwards. Lord Bertrand Russell, interesting family in itself. Because they, like many of them who became lords, and and helped run the, the, the country for themselves, that is. Because it really a corporation a different thing from what the people are told it is. That it's not their country at all, in a sense. But the the Russells, for instance, and and many of the other ones uh, involved with the seizing of old Catholic property. And. Europe and modern Britain especially The a, a different kind of Protestant sects broke out As opposed to the, the Church of England The Church of England is a protesting system But it's really Roman Catholic in origin Much more so than any other organisation With the monarchy placed as the Pope basically The head, you see But at the same time too they stole Lots of the Catholic Church's property That was an integral part of the commerce even at that time and the whole system changed into that of uh, of usury in a sense Because the, the, many of these noble families became, that became the lords Like Russell's and so on They were very envious of those who were allowed to use usury Because of the profits that could be made And so they seized the properties And then they themselves set themselves up to, to lend to, to the governments Which they were part of <laughs> at that time And therefore... Those in power always make sure that they design the future society to suit themselves. And it's not as difficult as you would think. It's difficult for the average person to think in a long-term planning phase, basically, how we can really get things done when you plan it so far ahead. I could say 150 years, but it's nothing to a foundation, as I say. A foundation is created with a purpose and a set of tenets to achieve, and therefore can hire, hire, retire, and fire, and rehire, etc., etc., generations until it's achieved its goal. That's why they have these tax-free foundations as a form of stability for those who rule the world, to rule a good chunk of it, and who want it all, actually. And the old universities they set up, too, were all part of that structure as well, to make it happen. Not difficult at all. When you've got unlimited financing, which you just take from all kinds of sources, including sales. At one time it was sales or import duties, was a big one. And that's why all the major cities, including the city of London, had massive incomes. Massive incomes from all trade of, of incoming ships with goods from abroad, but eventually of course for, for a system to get more and more helpers, you might say helpers, a kind of civil service society, who are not serving the public but they're a service to those who own the countries, they had to get paid huge salaries, much much higher than they'd have in Civvy Street basically, and so they're, they're, they're given big salaries and lots of perks of all kinds. Uh, and therefore, you need more and more money as you 're bringing in a system of what 's called free trade where you start losing out on import duties, so you, you then start taxing the public so you, you create income taxes you see, which was forbidden to an extent through debates through the seventeen eighteen hundreds because it was seen as a form of slavery. If you take away the earnings of a laborer you he 's there for just a slave. And so they call it uh, or temporary war taxes, or in the U.S. It was victory tax. And of course it stays on there forever. Because you're not ruled by a system that has you in mind as is, is what do you want. You're never asked what you want. All you're, you, they want you to do is vote. Because it's, it's simply legality. Where you put yourself under, and that's the expression that's used under, the authority of whoever is put in front of you to vote for. And the politicians are sold as a package, I've said it before, they're like an advertising package of whatever item it happens to be, the commodity, and they sell you it. You don't know who they really are, these people. It's not intended that you, actually it's definitely not intended, definitely not intended that you really know who they are. And they all belong to the same big club, basically. And I've said before, Carl Quigley mentioned it, how they, all the, the leaders, especially of all the, all these groups, and maybe one or two just beneath them, they're all in the same club of the, the CFR, Volunteer for International Affairs. And it's much, much more powerful, than you think, that whole organization. Don't ever think it's sort of faded away after World War II, because it didn't. It got more more powerful, because it's, it was the embryo for world governments. It had the structures set up before the US took it over. And the US works completely uh, hand in glove with them With uh, uh, this this strange uh, body that came out of the, the city of London And anything that's anything has its, has its headquarters there in London Including the, the Grand Rites of Freemasonry groups and so on They all have their headquarters, or a headquarters there in fact So you got, you've got a lot of control there Anybody who's part of this whole structural system which, is, which keeps the system going, regardless of who you think is in power. It never gets lost, you'll notice. There's, you don't get overthrows, you don't have coups happening, or, or rebellions, open rebellions. It doesn't happen, does it? Because the structure of holding the system together all through society is well maintained by those who belong to different orders, etc. But the planning ahead is so trivially well un- un- understood how it's done and the techniques to do it and the machinery to put it into place is so perfect. Last week I mentioned that really we're like a big gene pool for the elite in a sense and they see us like that too and the more those people from academy uh, that they they employ to train us and study us and, and then implement the techniques through entertainment, television Media, and, and, and through the internet, all through the internet, and, and cell phones and so on. It, it's rather perfect, the way that the system they've built up, to take care of all of us. And most of the folk never think about it. They, don't, they either don't know about it, or it goes in one ear and out the other. It doesn't stay there. And they continue their lives as, as they think is normal, but they're being altered all the time. All, all the time. And the main thing for these people is to be content, and I was thinking that, too, was, I, was, I remember an article I read uh, years ago of how they couldn't have another Bolshevik type communist overthrow as they had in the, for the Soviet, in the Soviet Union, because they didn't have the same poverty circumstances as, the, as today as you did had then, where people were rock-bottom poor. Those people especially, you had to recruit them to fight your battle for you. That's how the elite saw uh, they want to overthrow the Tsar, you see. There's never any compassion for the people. Great show of it, but really they had none at all. But the general population had to be used as an army, a battering ram, to overthrow their royalty. You might call it their royalty, so this other bunch can take over and rule it, basically using supposedly scientific formulas which were more advanced than the old techniques. But they couldn't have one in the UK and definitely after the World War Two and parts of Europe too because the people weren't starving as, as much. And they were bad enough in Britain. Really bad, actually, the working-class people. They weren't starving. And then they let them have cheap television sets. I remember doing a show in that back in the 90s how... The U.S. government were subsidizing television sets to be brought in from the U.S., used ones, and uh, giving you Transformers to boost it up to 220 or 240 volts from 110 they were using at the time in the U.S. And so they reconditioned these televisions, and to sell them cheap to the public on, on higher purchase, which is you pay it up, basically, so many shillings a week or a month or whatever, because the folk were broke. They're broke. And every child born at that time in Britain, through the 50s and the 60s, and probably mid 70s, but definitely the 50s and 60s, and mid the 40s, late 40s, right through, with the National Health Service came in, every child born had visits by, by uh, nurses in their homes, they would come to their homes. And to get bottles of cod liver oil, literally, and and orange juice, and that was the old joke. If someone got pregnant, you'd be you get the orange juice and cod liver oil shortly. And in Britain, they were still getting every every baby born was still getting a ration card issued and given to the parents naturally at birth, and it went on to about 1953 or four, I think it, it went on to. And even then, they couldn't afford decent food. A lot of people took a long, long time. Uh, the, the, the children of them, and then the children, that's really the children's children now, they have no idea how, how it was not that long ago. Not at all. They can't imagine it. And people just didn't have extra income. Not that many folk had cars, for instance. And they would just get by, and everything they bought, basically, was, was used. The second, The second-hand business for furniture, for everything, was just, was just massive across the whole... Uh, of the UK, especially in the working class areas But all planned that way, of course And you really think, the people that are taught to think and trust and believe This is your country, this is your nation, these are your people, these are your royalties These are your yada yada, you have no idea of the minds and the brains at the top in academia working for them uh, To manage all of it and to, to alter you how you think and to keep you thinking I mean for instance when they get, when they got these cheap uh, favorite, I mean back then it was expensive For everybody any extra cash Outside of buying the basics Was therefore expensive but They had these subsidised televisions Refurbished ones And from the states They were brought in And they gave them lots of entertainment To keep them Occupied, preoccupied And, and again to stop them from conversing and complaining about things uh, and doing in about it by forming committees or getting together. And at one time, they did. They would form committees, get together local people. Again, don't forget too, they're kind of family based. Therefore, whoever affected one family affected them all, and they'd all have they all stand up together. It was much more. Again, well, even H.G. Wells talked about this system how they would have to destroy the family unit. Bertrand Russell said the same thing. And then the peasant, basically, would be just them standing. The peasant and the government would talk down to them. There's no one standing around the peasant to, to protect them, uh, like a family or or a community or anything like that. That's how, that, that's how you're thanked <laughs> for uh, all your service to defend your countries and so on. So natural tendencies are, are used against the people always. And it's easy to keep reuse the same tendencies with simple propaganda. You're under attack. Blah blah blah. Join up and fight the foe. And they always tell you who the foe is going to be. Oh, it always works. But anyway, as I say, they, after that they, could, they couldn't really think that there was it was that terrible. They could have an actual revolution. It was easier to contain it and stop it from happening because they didn't have the, 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 the starvation level poverty in the Soviet system where they had, they had it really, really bad at that particular time. And again, it was, it was mainly through agitation by the far left. A lot of it got that way. It wasn't just World War I. It was the agitation by the far left who stopped, and, 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 and they would attack any charitable foundations that came in to help in any area where folk were starving or hungry or whatever, or ill even, because it would, it would stop the revolution from eventually happening. And they tried that in Europe too But anyway, that's a different story altogether What I'm saying here is You have no idea of the sciences That go into making you, you And who it really is meant to benefit As you sit and discuss the fact That what you have today In the lower orders of society Are just the the, the, the defunct genes The junk genes, as I like to call it And joke about about it Of the gene pool Those who hadn't made it to the higher orders And the higher levels of things They're rather open about it today Very open actually So this might be a part continuation of last week's talk Maybe part two Because it's really two things in one It's the system I've talked about Where you have a British Empire system Cecil Rhodes was a part of it, uh, Lord Alfred Milner and the, uh, this all blossomed into the Rolling Street for International Affairs, it blossomed into CFR across the world as well, it blossomed into other organisations where future leaders are picked and trained as children to rule over the rest. I've always said this, this is how they do it. It's also how they, they give you front people who are supposedly geniuses and they back, they're backed incredibly well financially. And they play the part very, very, very well. And they're well rewarded for it, too. But across the old British Commonwealth countries, it might surprise a lot of people to realize that pretty well all their leaders are already picked for them by a common source of people, or training from uh, from the UK. Very old system. They don't just talk about things at the top, they do it. These aren't little debating societies. When they have meetings... World meetings something like the ones At Davis for instance But you'll find That all of the groups The IMF The World Bank The Bank for International Settlements The left-wing groups Under the Fabian Society The right-wing groups Under any other society Their top members Are all members Of the same Institute today Because the The Road Society And the Milner Group Blossomed into The Royal Institute For Inter- International Affairs And Every country Every country that was part of the British Empire, and still is. The Commonwealth, they call it today. And some that were never part of the Empire, and which are now, by the way, as far as the Commonwealth goes, are all part of it. And their leaders are actually trained. And you can imagine that if you see the changes, the cultural changes happening in your own country, how how far they've gone. That if you're training children... To rule other parts of the world is to be the same Then these these youngsters as they're growing up Will be so politically correct in every area Because they must then as they're growing up themselves And taking over power Implement all these agendas across the countries that they're in That's how how deep it is This is not conspiracy theory This is fact And you can can actually look it up yourself Some of the, the things I'll mention tonight Folk have no idea They have no idea Of just how how involved all of this is At all, none at all, really And the rest don't really care Because as I say They've been so indoctrinated very well That it really has no no import to them Last week I mentioned too That one of the meetings That the Royal Institute for International Affairs had and had all the different major ones, and International Affairs for, for, for Canada, one, the ones for Australia, for New Zealand, and so on and so on, South Africa, etc. All the top members were at it. And also, they had the top members, they were all members of it too, from India as well South Africa, United Kingdom, Ireland, India, Canada, Australia, uh, New Zealand, etc., etc., etc. They were all there. And many other countries besides, by the way. Who have no idea that they're, they're, those who rule them <laughs> were all trained uh, by the, these groups from Britain. And their education was all paid for as well from Britain by the taxpayer, who's awfully kind to the World Department. They go into world government in the book, of course, that was always the, 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 the goal. And they talk about it quite, quite openly. They have different uh, members, again, even Bryant was in here too, Lord Bryant here. He was quite a player, too, after World War Two as well, as before it. And even the setting up of the Balfour declarations in here, too, they, they, they allude to that as well. And some of the people who were there, actually, who helped set it all up, are, are uh, actually present at this big world meeting that the book was written about. And it was four members, this book. And really, they, they talk about if, if the, the Commonwealth system, which Britain, this this entity... Had <laughs> created in the first place Because it's an entity It's not what you think it is It says the commission From whom the, the notions of world order And world government were inseparable This is the commission that they had set up The object of human existence Was to develop the sense of duty In each man to all others Duty, see To accomplish this The political system must be one To exercise the sense of duty And that's that's what they get through what they call the orders that they end up joining, uh, often through the fraternities at universities, if they're picked from them. For the higher ones, they have to be asked into them, actually. You don't just apply to them. Lower orders, you can actually apply. But the higher ones, you might, they, they approach you. Let the like the Cancer You Relations. Know, you can't just go and join it. If they want or need you, they'll, they'll approach you. After they've vetted you. And you don't even know you've been vetted, of course. That's how the world is really run. There's so much in this book. They even talk about the war with Japan and the U.S. before in the 1930s. Eh? <laughs> but uh, for everybody else, it's just coincidence. Eh? Where is it here now? Something said by one of the delegations from New Zealand, I think it was. They talk about world governments. and again, you, You'll see all through, again, the good life, uh, uh, sense of duty, blah, 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 blah. Over and over, British Commonwealth, world, world government. Etc. And it's not world governance; they called it then, and it isn't amongst themselves either. It's world government, of course. Now, if if you imagine, this is the group that set up the World Bank and the Bank for International Settlements, all the rest of it, talking about world government, and since they run all commerce across the planet on the top scale of it all, uh, who do you think it's meant to benefit? Hmm? Really. What do you think it's really meant to to benefit? In this particular book from the meeting of the Institute for International Affairs, the 1930s, late 30s, that uh, on page one or 229 is on the future of the Commonwealth. it It says, in replying on the debate, the opening speaker dealt with the points made by a number of the speakers from all over the world, remember. In particular, he rejected the concept of personal union, since the essence of union under the crown was that it covered a common citizenship. It may be mentioned here in passing that in the course of the debate, a somewhat similar criticism was passed by an Indian member on another suggested uh, basis of Commonwealth unity, such as the concept of a common race or of Anglo-Saxondom. Or of Great Britain as a mother country of all Commonwealth members The opening speaker said that he had been asked What he meant by world order And the one from New Zealand is what he said He says, I mean a world government, he replied And I'm absolutely certain it's coming I mean a real government I know that it's divine, far off the vent We, we shall see it, but not now We shall behold it, but not now or nigh My dream is that there are things that we can do now to lead to it and that the British Commonwealth may be the means to that end. And that was exactly what uh, it said long before that in fact with the Cecil Rhodes group when they, they set their, their foundation for world governments and the Milner group did the same thing too. This is an ongoing inter-century inter, uh, idea and uh, it's well financed, well planned and anybody who's anybody in any governmental system Uh, And academia too, and and they're all members of it. They're all members of it. As I say, when you tie that in, this organisation in with again another member of it wasn't just Lord Bertrand Russell, but you've got and he worked too with Julian Huxley, the founder of UNESCO, United Nations Education and Cultural Organisation, scientific organisation. The science part, too, was to use science on the general public and to train the children worldwide and the whole planet into and and a common culture, a common idea, but commonly <laughs> to be managed by the elite at the top. That's what it was, too. Very important, that part. And if you look again at what they set up as well, and I'll put some links up tonight on UNESCO and the British Council, it's called, the British Council has bases across the whole planet In all, all dozens and dozens of countries And they bring in the children that they select And they will further screen them and educate them And pick the ones for future leaders across the planet And, and even bring in ones into Britain That, that they've trained uh, from childhood Into all the PC stuff that we hear today and, uh, and they govern the people in Britain, too. Remember, it's to be an international idea of things. But not, but not a free society, as folk think of it, where, you, where everyone is free to plan or think for themselves. Yet that's forbidden to think for yourself today. And, of course, the Internet's being used more and more with all the warnings, etc., to make all that happen. Planned long ago. Remember too that a lot of praise has been given too to Lord Bertrand Russell, who, although he put himself up as a philosopher, his main thing was mathematics, and he talked about a perfect language of mathematics that would rule the world. He's talking about computer, the coming computer systems. For those who don't quite figure it out, and he's given lots of praise by those in academia for that, in fact. When you go into the groups that work together to manage and change society, to make it all happen, for this, again, this great ideal of this corporate Britain idea uh, of running the planet, with the US too, naturally, with their Council and Foreign Relations, which is a branch of the same organisation, they've been awfully successful. And you think about Burton Russell. And I mentioned before, the books that he wrote. Maybe folk get bored with them in this day and age. probably do, actually. Russell, remember, too, he, he had a, his own experimental school. I think it was the 1920s, where he went further than most schools of that time. Remember, it was, they had rather strict rules, much more strict about society and culture back then. But he had this, this kind of school, and uh, he experimented on the children uh, on techniques of control and, and, and literally there were real experiments upon them. But he said in his book, uh, the 1951 book, I've read parts of it before, The Impact of Science on Society, he says that um, physiology and psychology afford fields for scientific technique which still await development the two great men, and he said Pavlov. Remember Pavlov did all experiments with animals to shock them and recondition them and literally torture them into changing behavior. And they were using drugs as well, of course. So very important, so you, you have, you have th- real physical torture, really, then drugs, then psychology used, eh? all together. And it wasn't just to, to, to train dogs, it was to train people I hope you understand it. You know? So um, this is a fourth field for scientific technique which still awaits development. The two agreement, Pavlov and Freud, have laid the foundation. And even saying that means that Pavlov and Freud are part of an organization that pre-existed uh, and were probably selected themselves, as characters, for their roles in society. I guarantee you that's how it happened. Anyway, which still awaits development, the two great men, blah, blah, blah. And he says, but but I do not accept the view that they are in any essential conflict, but what structure will be built on their foundation is still in doubt. It's not quite sure. I think the subject which will be of most importance politically is mass psychology. Its importance has been enormously increased by the growth of modern methods of propaganda. Of these, the most influential is what is called education. Religion plays a part, though a diminishing one. The press, now the press now is TV and internet. We can get it all from the internet. And it, and it says, and the cinema, movies, and the radio play an increasing part. It may be hoped that in time anybody will be able to, to persuade anybody of anything. If he can catch the patient young and is provided by the state with money and equipment. Well, that's all been well done before I was even, you know, born. He, and he also said that the subject will make great strides when it's taken up by scientists under a scientific dictatorship, for those who don't quite get it yet. <laughs> You're ruled by experts, supposedly. The term expert, expert, he mentions that they train you to believe in experts and to be unsure of yourself. You'd always obey an expert. That's been done. The social psychologists of the future will have a number of classes of school children on whom they will try different methods of producing an unshakable conviction that snow is black. Now, take that topic into anything that you want, right? Huh? Boy, girl, whatever. Unshakable conviction that snow is black. He's giving you a, a, a simple tongue-in-cheek example here various results will soon be arrived at first that the influence of home is obstructive second that we rid of the home uh, and, and parental input into the child's behaviour second that not much can be done unless indoctrination begins before the age of 10 third that verses set to music and repeatedly uh, intoned are very effective fourth that the opinion that snow is white must be held to show a morbid taste for eccentricity so just being eccentric you see but I anticipate, he says, it's for future scientists to make these uh, maxims precise and discover exactly how much it costs per head. So it's cost-effective to uh, to make the children uh, believe the snow is black and how much less it would cost to make them believe it's dark grey. So he's, again, tongue-in-cheek, is saying that, yeah, they, they can make them believe anything you want, and we'll find the cheapest way to do it. He also said that... Um, Although the science will be diligently studied, it will be rigidly confined to the governing class. The governing class, for those who don't get it. You don't elect a governing class. I don't really mean that. He's not talking about politicians. The populace will not be allowed to know how its convictions were generated. When the technique has been perfected, every government that has been in charge of education for a generation will be able to control its subjects securely without the need of armies or policemen. So you understand it. You also talked about the lethal chamber for children who are very clever. And they'd, be, they, they, they'd always test and test and find the clever ones, you see. He said, also said, too, that they, they would use different techniques on everybody to make... To make people docile was awfully important. It says, In like manner, the, the scientific rules will provide one kind of education for ordinary men and women, and another for those who are to become holders of scientific power. Ordinary men and women uh, will be expected to be docile, industrious, punctual, thoughtless, and contented. Contented, remember? Of these qualities, probably that contentment will be considered the most important. In order to produce... Uh, it's all the researches of psychoanalysis, behaviorism, and biochemistry will be brought into play, some with drugs as well. All the things that Aldous Huxley had mentioned in the 1930s, eh? With the different grades of humanity, create Brave New for Brave New World. All the boys and girls will learn from an early age to be what is called cooperative that is, to do exactly what everybody is doing, everybody else. And that's what they're doing. It's all PC stuff, and so on and so, on. and any 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 one who shows leadership qualities will be crushed, basically. And the, now they're drugging the the boys, especially, getting drugged to school uh, by prescriptions. Hmm? You think it's all accidental? Because he talks about this, doesn't he? Using biochemistry and so on. Mm-hmm. So do we you'll all be cooperative and you all say the same things because you don't want to offend anybody else, blah, 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 blah. It's all there. And you'll do what everybody else is doing. Initiative will be discouraged and these children and and insubordination without being punished will be scientifically trained out of them. And that's what they do in school and they are group groupthink and so on. And you're you're pushed to the side and kind of shunned. Everybody wants to belong to the peer group, when you're getting shunned, you feel guilty and rotten and and so you just cave in and go along with them and agree with them. Hmm? And remember that book was written, I think, in 1951, or published then. It says, except for the one matter of loyalty to the world states, it's talking about the children, the ruling class ones, and to their own order, members of the governing class will be encouraged to be adventurous, Full of initiative, and will be recognised that it is their business to improve scientific technique and to keep the manual workers contented by means of continual new amusements. Does that ring bells? Hmm? Remember, they're making they're using the star machinery, uh, the star techniques are making the star machinery for for the different people who are now in charge of uh, internet and so on, aren't they? Hmm? But remember too. When it came to testing children who were brights and who are not of the ruling class. And it says, on those rare occasions when a boy or girl who has passed the age at which is usual to determine social status shows such marked ability to, as to seem the intellectual equal of the rulers, a difficult situation will arise requiring serious consideration. If the youth is content to abandon his previous associates and to throw in his lot wholeheartedly with the rulers, he may, after suitable tests, be promoted. But if he shows any regrettable solidarity with his previous associates, meaning his his own class, the rulers will reluctantly conclude that there's nothing to be done with him except to send him to the lethal chamber. Before his ill-disciplined intelligence has had time to spread revolt. This will be a painful duty to the rulers, but I think they will not shrink from performing it. Because, uh, in other words, if you're really clever and you understand what's going on, you'll be a threat to them. Now, they don't really mean what they say, the big boy. They, they don't plan and, and then give you chances to, to, to say your bit and all that kind of stuff. They, they come after you. And they also talked about basically a pharmacologically manipulated slave, how to create them, and even living in a concentration camp, he said, of the mind. And they would use propaganda and psychotropic drugs to keep you there, basically, to love your servitude, as, as Huxley's talked about it, of course. So you, it's all there really There's nothing to guess at uh, Especially when you've watched it your whole life long Unfold and been implemented With goodness knows how many different organizations All worked from the pyramidal top By the way And there's thousands of these organizations All run from the, the pyramid cap Remember too That the, this British Council Is part of the organization Where they, they pick youngsters From all over the planet And they, put, they educate them and to all the PC stuff to be the exact good uh, robotic rulers that, uh, and they'll be well, well rewarded for doing it. And they'll make sure the whole culture is destroyed in the process of their own countries as they go all PC and and, and become and, and implement what I've just talked about for the last few, uh, few minutes, actually. Tell Also, too, getting back to genetics and all the rest of it, too. I'd like to put up tonight to do with National Health Service in Britain. I've given talks and talks and talks about <laughs> the things that have happened there. National Health Service is criticized over television advertisement, which features nurses tending to patients while well, a song about euthanasia plays in the background. Hmm. And I tell you, even this article will be a little test to see who who, who is going to complain, and most won't complain. They'll, they'll say, oh, well, you know... So anyway uh, It's a song about Assisted dying in a major TV Recruitment campaign I don't know if it's recruitment for dying Or if it's (laughs) recruitment for staff But of course it's for staff supposedly And they used Something from a movie, some song from a movie I think, in the background And I guess it was for those Who would understand what it was And most folk wouldn't understand where it came from What it was about, naturally it is the Mullen Law Group produced the ad, and said that the track was selected for its tone, depth, and pacing, rather than lyrics. I guess it did for its tone, depth, and pacing, as they pace you through your life to the end. I suppose you know, and uh, I'll put this article up to to tell you what's about to show you what's about and so on. But that shows, apart from a movie about someone who puts a pillow over someone to smother them or something like that. I guess it's a cheap way for doing it, for the National Air Service. After all, we're just peasants, you know, we're not really worth that much, are we really? And they don't have to spend more money on us uh, than they have to. When they've got all these big plans for their own future, uh, it's quite amazing, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. It really is, to me, anyway. You know, eh? mm-hmm. Now, I'll put up two, why the British Council was created, 1930s, that trains people across the whole planet, mm-hmm. And uh, make some leaders, future leaders Just like Common Purpose uh, uh, In Britain as well, does the same thing And I'm sure that's related to that as well mm-hmm. And of course uh, The British Council was given their old charter In 1940 And uh, I guess the, the taxpayer and probably some private Organisations fund it as well But they, they pick the, the ones Don't forget, you think, you think You're selecting people yourself For, for politics and so on Really. The leaders are all picked along, but when they're children, really, or at least young, youngsters, maybe early teens. They are, always. So I'll put that up, and then the catalogue description, British Council, departmental websites, and websites of associated agencies and bodies. It goes on and on. I mean, literally, you spend your life reading all this stuff. Uh, this unelected organization that runs the, and brings in globalism by the way and the, the multicultural stuff is to be across the whole planet for, into every country every country is to get it yeah. and to eventually support, I mean, even, even Africa that's is trying to be, become uh, supposedly independent by throwing all the whites out have to accept the fact, with all the money from the World Bank, etc., uh, and the agreements they've signed on to, they've got to accept the fact that there'll be more folk moving in there eventually, from all over the world. And they can't stop it. You can't be racist here and sign on to the World Bank, for goodness sake, for loans. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. It's designed this way. And don't forget Britain, at least London, and, and it run it all in Britain, the city. and runs the world, and economics and all the rest of it. The same place that that brought you, that that really flooded China with uh, opium until they they caved in And had to trade, forced to trade uh, with uh, the countries for their silk and all the rest of the stuff This is the country that wants to help the world, do you really think that? Do you really, really think that? Hmm? (laughs) Is it any surprise that Coca-Cola, they they got its name because they used to have cocaine in the cola I when I put in cannabis in it now as well, and watch your children go happy gaga, just like uh veterans all talked about, you know, keep them with pharmacology, keep them happy and content you know but it's all it's all conspiracy theories from their own writings, it must be conspiracy theory. who are these thousands of well paid well healed people up in these World governmental departments Hmm. Writing all this stuff I guess they're just conspiracy theories. Writing their own books Having world meetings and stuff Anyways, the early 1930s At a time of global instability Britain's influence was weakened Because of a global financial depression Of course, which their own folk brought about Which reduced living standards Jobs and trade Especially to none of the elite, you know, all these really top elitists. In fact, the banks in the city of London made fortunes through World War One, same as the the U.S. ones did to Lenin to all sides. Eh? At the same time, uh, extreme ideologies were gaining influence, etc. Fascism in Germany, Italy, Spain, and communism in Russia. And the U.K. government uh, created... Uh, the British Council, in response to the annual report for 1940 to 41, the aim was to create in a country uh, overseas a basis of friendly knowledge and understanding of the people of this country and their philosophy of way and way of life. Now they tell you what your culture must be, eh? so you can imagine what that is. Eh? But of course, they, they create future leaders. They even have a, a, one of their articles I'll put up too, is about creating future leaders for the world, basically. All the different agencies and bodies that they run, etc. It's just about everything, really. And how you partner with them, and every single country here, all, all the Arabic countries as well, have got departments in them. There's ones too, but I'm training them, and, and now they've just demolished really what used to be Iraq. They're now training them into the new system. And they've got all the students grown up into more adult positions uh, helping to run that country now, too, and manage it all. And UNESCO TVET program is called. as part of it, too, uh, with, with Iraq. I'll put it up and a PDF about that. And, of course, UNESCO is the organization that was founded by Julian Huxley for United Nations, actually. And he was a eugenicist. He talked about all this stuff and need to cull down the, the populations of the planet, including the, the the basic British people themselves, the unfit types. <laughs> he just wanted to, the peasant class to kind of diminish eventually. But I'll put uh, these ones up for those those who want to care about it and have a look. Future Leaders Connect and Global Network for Emerging Policy Leaders not bad, eh? They pick them, train them, educate them, and all on the taxpayers. Paycheck, eh? or or all in their purse, I should say, or in their purse. There's a lot of stuff on it, but it doesn't go into too much depth because you're not supposed to know too much, you see. And you you know darn well that the ones that they're they're picking are very important because they, again they make them star quality, give them star quality, and they even make scientists stars now, of course. And there's there's marketing professionals. I've read their stuff before on the air years ago. Who uh, actually make uh, top scientists into stars for television, and then then the people follow them with them with their geniuses. But whatever they say on a social level must be true as well, so they adopt that. You know, mm-hmm. and They the cult, the personality. Eh? This is the age of the personality cult, really. But I'll put all that up. Also, Gordon Brown ex. PM of Britain at one point Who helped collapse the economy there so He did it so well They actually put him over to I think it was the World Bank In the US Where he had to take over the running, Helping running that But he's spoken out About The coming Financial crash as well He works with the World Bank At least, at least he did And um, He's in the know And of course he's, He goes through the usual motions Of pretending to really Blast the banks For causing the last Bailouts And so on and so on and so on. They do this kind of nonsense, don't they? But in reality, uh, they're all part of the same scam. And out of that, too, he's really telling you they need a, a, an, an even more powerful world system to manage all the money. In other words, why don't you just give the World Bank all the power to manipulate everybody? They, they already manipulate everybody's currency anyway, but give them the power, legitimate power to do it around. Just they'll have to be really legitimate, and they all want you to agree. You see, agree to it. Okay, I don't mind But uh, yeah, so they they pulled them out the bag To tell us what we really need You see Because uh, they're constantly devaluing The currencies Since the 2008 crash that they caused You know, when We're told by those in charge of it The money went to money heaven That's what they, they said that Money heaven And that went in the history books for us idiots huh? Oh, went to money heaven, eh? Hey? Mm-hmm. And then after getting bailed out, by the end of the year they're giving themselves million dollar bonuses again. You know, twice a year or something. Like that. Yeah, it's a great life if you're blocking the right group, say. Eh? And it's amazing too that how this time has just rushed in. I was just going to go through different things here, but I, I'll put another one too about. It's called the impact of early medical treatment in transgender youth. Now, think about what I've said before about Russell's statement about training the chump to believe anything. Think about it. I'm not kidding you, folks. Uh, when society and youngsters are under massive attack by the big manipulators on this planet, and they'll, and they'll want everyone to be on board with, with their agenda. Is, is they literally torture people Because if you think they're not Torturing psychologically people and children here They certainly are Massively so Massively so It's not happening by itself hmm? It's a good article well, It's not in depth that much But it does, it does show you The, the different um, Effects on on mental health Psychological well being, uh, physiologic parameters, and bone health it all gets affected with all the different treatments are given them, with hormone replacements or, or, or suppression, etc., etc., etc. It's on children, right? And the rest of the public are happy and content, complacent. Like Russell said, they make them, you know, well entertained, a lot more happily drugged. And they would give you. Now they're legalizing more drugs. Legalizing drugs. They'll be cheap to buy and get them anywhere and you'll just chill out, man, and drop out and, you know, keep cool. Why get bored about the hassles, eh? Mm. For myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada. I'd love to go into things in more depth, but I didn't plan anything here, it just came out. It's good night so I mean, your God, or your gods go with you.